Hello, everyone, and welcome to Paranormal Roundtable, PRT for short. I'm your host, Josh Turner, also known as Wolf. With me in the studio is Tony, also known as Mushu. Yep, that's me, as always, right here. Yep, Mushu. And uh, so, I, I guess the uh, the nickname has kind of sparked some controversy in some past episodes. Yeah, I uh, guess so. Yeah, I guess Tony's in a war now with some some lady that... that uh, I want to say a war. <laughs> um. <laughs> if folks, if you can hear that, it is thundering and lightning. So literally adding to the spook factor of tonight, the episode we're going to do tonight. Uh, before we get into that, though, it's doswolfman88 at gmail.com, doswolfman88 at gmail.com. Send me your crazy stories, your scary stories, your spooktacular stories, and, and we'll see what we can do. See about putting them on the show or maybe getting you on the show if, yeah. it's, uh, if it warrants that. What's up, Tony? You want to say something? Yeah, I was going to say like- uh, Oh, well. And anyway, on that note, we're going to move on. I'm just kidding, Tony. Go ahead. Uh, I forgot what I was going to say. So oh, that's good. That's fortunate. Anyway, never mind. Uh, don't also, don't forget, we also have a website called PRTPodcast.com. PRTPodcast.com. You can go in there. You can find our merch store. You can find an art gallery we have, all of our previous episodes, and uh, a link to our PayPal. You know, we uh, Anthony put a lot of work into getting that done, so we we really appreciate it if you check it out. Uh, it was pretty impressive of him to do it, and I'm pretty happy with how it came out. And if you don't check it out, you're dead to me. That's all I got to say about that. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm not that extreme. You're just like less alive than I would like. But <laughs> I mean, whatever. <laughs> so, they're, so they're basically like a zombie. Yeah, but not dead. Come not on. dead, but they're that's just so going, they're walking around going. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, basically. Jeez, that's really loud. That is loud. That is loud. <laughs> it was a dark and stormy night. It works. It works for especially for the story we have tonight and the special yeah, guest. I, actually, we have a special guest. You want to say hello? Hello, everyone. This is uh, Scorpion. I was yeah. on a previous episode about the house. Yes, because you were a roommate that lived in that house. This is Gary Lopez, also known as Scorpion. He still works with us. We have a show we're going to do tonight, and it and obviously from the title, it's it's the church. We actually have done security at a couple haunted churches, believe it or not. There's another one we did with me, you, uh, Anthony, and Zane, was, and, and I think Diablo did that one too. But that one was, I'm not going to say the name of it because they're they're a client, and I don't want to give it away, or whatever. But it was a Catholic church, um, kind of tucked back in the woods. And that one was pretty spooky. Dia managed to actually get some uh, orbs and pictures and stuff of some weird stuff. And there was lights coming on and off and voices. But that's not the one we're talking about tonight. Repeat, that is not the one we're talking about tonight. The one we're talking about tonight was one that was found, was out, it's out in the hill country. I don't want to say too much about the location and all that because I know it was, it was part of, part of that I think was, was connected to or something historic. So I don't want to mess with it. Uh, give away the name and the location and all that. But I brought Scorpion on because we've talked about it before. And your account of what happened was pretty terrifying. Yeah, still so, kind of bothers me even trying to talk about it. So I'm yeah, and you're not a scaredy cat. No, no not, not, not by any means. Yeah, and, and Tony's known you for several years, and he knows that you are not afraid of too much. Um, yeah, it's kind of like a weird... Like, I don't know if it, like, he's just indifferent to fear or if he just doesn't feel it the same way, but it, it just kind of, like, phases over him. Like, it doesn't, like, he doesn't get bothered by something. doesn't get rattled. Yeah, rattled. That's the perfect word that I was thinking of. Mm -hmm. And we worked in the bars together for years. We've been oh, in yeah. lots of fights together. 
that's uh, me. Partly, you, that's probably kind of what helped with me with my fear is it dealing with stuff like that, the bars. Yeah. Well, what's funny is that, like whenever we had something uh, that that other people didn't want to do, we'd put you there. Yeah. And on this in this particular incident, you just became another statistic. <laughs> but here's the funny thing too: you and Chief have actually Chief's a cage fighter, you know, mm-hmm. for years, and he's a jujitsu uh, trainer and whatever. And you and Chief actually threw down twice. Oh yeah, threw down twice. No, and I'm not talking about joking around playing. No, they beat no, the crap we, out of each other yeah. twice. Yeah. And we're not going to get into all that, but that 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 actually happened. They fought, I was there both times. One at one was a was a, just an absolute slugfest inside my friend Jack's Jeep on the way back from San Antonio. <laughs> yeah. And then that led to the second fight in my front yard where you and him were suplexing each other and throwing hands, and yeah. it was a pretty brutal affair. Uh, so, Scorp, you get down. I mean, you fought another one of our roommates, uh, big dude, big, P- uh, Pug, Pug. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so you and him threw down pretty hardcore, and you won that one. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you you've uh, you fought uh, D. You and D have pretty much thrown yeah. down, and you've – so you, <laughs> you're pretty, I'm not a, I'm not afraid of much. Well, that being said, you, folks at home, you get the point. He's not – he's nobody's patsy. He's just uh, not afraid of anything. We worked together at another company, and I know that there were a few pl- places where they would put you where there was business that needed to be taken care of. Uh, working for us, you've worked in some pretty bad housing projects, oh, uh, yeah. some pretty bad uh, hoods. Uh, we've oh, yeah. worked together. We partnered up in some of those places, and we made some pretty good money at some of those jobs that we did. Um, we put you in places where there could be problems. Yeah. And you, you do just fine. Um, so you're, de- you're dealing with someone who's not a chicken, okay? You weren't running in fear when the stuff was going on in our house. But this situation unnerved you. Yeah. And you've talked time. about it and you've told Anthony and Tony already before and you've told Nelly, my wife, what the, the this how this really disturbed you. And actually we were talking to Mike Tooley the other day, a good another good friend of ours, shout out to Mike, good works with us, li- listener of the show, been friends of mine for years. And we were talking about the most scary things that had happened to us on the job and you mentioned that and it was pretty interesting and now you've told Armando that too. Yeah. Uh you you know a long time ago back when he was still doing the show with us. And you mentioned these things that you that that was probably the most terrifying. Now I'll set the yeah. stage for it. What happened was we got a call to do a job that was about thirty miles out in the country, uh, in the hill country. I'm not even going to give you know whatever close to a body of water. That's all I'm going to say because we looked into it, a talk, and I don't know that we can really say the place or whatever. So that place, um, we didn't know anything about it. All we knew was that it was a an old church or was once a church, and they were doing a restoration on there, and it was uh, a very historical place. The guy that was doing the uh, – was the superintendent. I had worked with him before at another project on a building that we were doing downtown. I know you remember that building yeah. near the Capitol. And so when when I heard his name and I talked to him, his name was Al – and I got in touch with him, and and he he said, yeah. He goes, this this it's a project we've had two other security companies, and he goes, I didn't know, you know, because this was back when I was really first starting with this company. I was probably only in about a year, or whatever. He goes, I didn't know you had your own company. I, I, I had gone with the company that you had once worked for, and it didn't work out. So I asked Al what was going on. I said, what's the problem? And Al was like, well, it's not. It's hard to explain is what he told me. And I, and I said, well, do your best because <laughs> I uh, kind of want to know what we're dealing with. And he said, well, we think it's vandals. 
people are vandalizing this building that we're trying to restore. We'll come in in the morning and there'll be paint strewn about. Um, and it seems to be, some of it seemed like sacrilege because they had destroyed old uh, Christian artifacts. Uh, crosses had been turned upside down. I don't know what else what else we were dealing with. I can't even remember off the top of my head, other than some of the equipment had the been, equi- been thrown around. Had as well. been thrown, yeah. Something like had ladders been ladders have been broken. The, and stuff. One of the pressure washers that was left in there had been thrown through a window yeah. from inside the church. I can't remember all of it. It's so much of it, and was thrown out through one of the windows on the east side of it. Uh, pretty crazy stuff. It's completely surrounded by woods. It's an old stone building that's built to last. It is not one of those places where, um, I know the structure was over 200 and something years old, Mm -hmm. supposedly the outer wall, they said, could have even been almost 300 years old. It had been around since the days of the Spaniards. It was a failed mission and then it turned into something else. And, you know, I don't know the whole, whatever, uh, going way back. I didn't know at that time, I didn't know the whole of what we were, the scope of what we were dealing with. So, we took the account, but we told him, I was like, that's a long, 30, 30 something miles. That's a, that's a long ways, you know, for us to drive. And so they offered us $2 premium for gas. And, uh, I believe this was, uh, 2008, no, 2009, 2009. 2009. Yeah. And so it was 2009 and, and they said, we'll give you a couple more dollars for gas. And so we talked to our guards at the time and, uh, we got somebody that was willing to do it. Uh, the, the the first thing that I was told um, about the the previous company, the one that had just been there before us, was that the guy had left in the middle of the night, and then the next day it had been vandalized, and so they were were highly upset, you know. And so he said, "I'm going to be out there to check on the the guard the first night or two. And so the first night, the guy just went inside to use the bathroom, came back out, and just sat outside in his vehicle. And uh, Al came out there, or his son actually, and checked, and the guard was there, and he was fine. That that guard, the first night that worked there, we'll call him Jody. That's close to his name, because we 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 have no communication with this guy to be able to ask him permission, whatever. Um, and so everything went off without a hitch. Second night, guy was there. When Al's son came out there, he told Al's son, and this is stuff we all found out later on when it all came out, and you know. And I'll and I'll I'll tell you all about that. He said that uh, he had gone inside to use the bathroom and he heard like a weird scratching noise. Thought maybe there was an animal in there, and he was shining his light around in the in the in the church, and he didn't see anything. Now, Scorpion, I know you remember that, mm-hmm. and so that was was odd. And but that was all that happened. Well, after the second night or whatever, that nobody came out there because it is a, it is a hike out there to go check. And so the, nobody checked on him. And then the third night, he was gone. Like he left, he, he called into our dispatch uh, about three in the morning and said he was leaving. And then we didn't hear from him again until it was time to pick up his check. Now, we talked to him later on. But we'll get to what he, what, what he said, what, the, the first guard, Jody, what he told us. We'll get to that in a minute. That was when we brought in a second guard. Now this guy, I know you remember his name was Joe. He was a big, big dude, and uh, he was he was a really happy go lucky guy. But he was a big, pretty big, tough guy. Um, yeah. Was from Houston, and he was from literally 
Fifth Ward, mm-hmm. right? He was oh, yeah. he was born and raised in the Fifth Ward, Houston. Anybody knows that's a bad ghetto. And he was. Yeah, a, I was about to ask because I didn't know what that was. Yeah, that's like the worst ghetto out in Houston. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you have to be tough in that environment, then I guess. Yeah, living in Fifth Ward is like living at Mason Manor or Meadowbrooks here in Austin. Uh, except a lot worse. Yeah, and so so Joe was a, he was a big kid, you know, he's a big guy, and uh, he's like, I do it, you know, you know how Joe talks. Oh, yeah. He was a real friendly guy. Everybody liked Joe. Son of a preacher, man. Yeah, he's son of a preacher, and so he went out there to work it, and he was polite enough to to call me and in the middle of the night about four <laughs> and told me. Man, I'm out of here, yo. I'm I'm not staying. <laughs> he goes, there's some haints up in here, and he left. And before I could talk him out of it, I called him back, and he was like already burning rubber down the highway, headed back to Austin. He's like, nah, oh no, uh-uh, I'm not doing it. Did he and, quit entirely, like Joe. No, he didn't quit the job, okay. but he just said, I ain't finna go he out there. Site, and now, though. Anthony, you remember this, right? Yeah, and Anthony's in the studio, and he's shaking his head. Yeah, he remembers this. Uh, you were young, young buck back then, and you were friends with Joe. And Joe was was scared. He didn't want to do it. So we had another guard named Chris. Uh, and we'll get into what each one of them went through in a minute here. Chris went out there, and he worked two nights. Uh, yes, yeah, Scorpion, right? Yep. Two nights. Okay, so the, the first night, he stayed out there, just went in to use the bathroom because he had already been told by Joe. So I was kind of thinking maybe his testimony had kind of tainted their, you know what I mean, Tony? Yeah, yeah. And so... I thought, man, you know, so I went to Joe and I didn't really talk to Jody, the first guy. And I, and I, and I told him, I said, don't tell these other guys, you know, whatever it was. Cause you know, they're going to have it in their head that something's going on and, and you know, they're going to be scared and they're going to go out there and be like, Oh, there's something going on, you know? So I, I asked him not to say anything. Well, the, the second guy or the, I mean, the third guy, he went out there, same thing happened on the second night, about three 30 in the morning. He sent a message to the dispatch saying, I'm leaving site. Uh, the dispatch asked him who, like, uh, she asked him, well, where are you going? Like, maybe he's going to the bathroom. Maybe, the, you know, the, he wasn't, maybe the door was locked. No response. He showed up the next day in the morning, said that he had locked the building up, uh, handed the keys or whatever, and the patrol guy had to go back out there in the afternoon and, and you know, whatever, or in the, or in the morning, I mean, and, and give it to the, the people, whatever turn the key in or whatever. And uh, we didn't have anybody else that could do it. So Al, and at that point we were tapped as far as people that would be able to do it. So we had to renegotiate with Al. I believe this was after the third guy. And we got him to give us another dollar per hour. So he was willing to pay. And we went out there and got the keys and we we gave it to another guard. Uh, this guy, this guard's name, we'll call him Tommy. Um, not his real name, but anyway, so Tommy went out there. This was the fourth guard. Uh, fourth guard goes out there. He's there till about midnight, and then he leaves. Uh, we know he left because Al had gone out there that night to check, and the guard was gone at you know at two in the morning. So when I got a hold of Tommy, he said, "Yeah, I left," and he gave me an earful about what happened and what he saw. Now, uh, that was the fourth guard. Then we had a fifth guard that went out there. We had hired this guy specifically to go work out there. And we actually warned this guy because at that point I was kind of desperate and I said, okay, um, are you, do you believe in ghosts? He says, no, I do not. I go, do you believe in anything like that? He says, no, I do not. And so didn't want to give, get him more spooked. And, and so the guy goes out there, he made it through the fir- two nights, I believe. Right. Okay. Yeah. 
he made it through the first two nights. And then on the third night, he calls up and Scorp, you're with me that night. And we were like at Whataburger or something. And the guy is yelling and screaming as he's driving away. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that happened. I think he was about one. I, I believe from what we put together, I think it was like one in the morning. That's about, yeah. yeah, about one in the morning. And, uh, so we, me and you actually went out there that night and we finished the ship, but we didn't get out there until about four. And so we stayed out there until I think 7 a.m. in the yeah. morning. And then we told Al, look, we're out of people. Uh, and at that point, that's when you took Volunteered. a, you, you, and I said, okay, you didn't have a vehicle. So I said, I'll drive you out there. And, uh, you became the sixth guard, I believe, mm, right? Yeah. Yes. You were number six. And so. Uh, I drove for, Scorp out there, I dropped him off, and then I had to go do a, an 11 to 7 at another site. Now, you didn't have anybody that could come get you in the morning. No. And this uh, is before Uber, I'm assuming? This is yeah. before Uber. Oh, yeah. It's 2009. Yeah. But you did last three days out there. Yeah. The third day was when you lost it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when you, and, now, now, and then we'll go, before we get into what you're going to talk about, after you is when I had my fun. <laughs> and then my partner had his he went out there thinking he was smart and tough and cool and that was the last day we had to say then, then then he was like we can't do anything with this site and that's it and then then of course later on we were working another post in, in, in the town in, in the city in austin and it was a middle school where they were redoing a uh uh the the band hall i believe yeah and that's when we ran into al again and yeah. he told us the, the whole story and then what went down or whatever so we're gonna go back to the beginning now okay the first guy uh that had the the jody we'll call him jody jody this is what he said now i wrote all this down okay this was crazy stuff security i have been on some sites at least two or three others beyond this one that were absolutely uh mind-bogglingly scary i haven't had a lot of like cryptid encounters folks and i haven't had like alien abduction anything like that but i have had a lot of ghost type stuff happen to me i'm not gonna say i'm a magnet for it because i think that you put yourself in those positions whether you do it on purpose because you have to work or whether you do it because you you have to you live in a house or either temporarily or permanently you're living somewhere or you're in a hotel and i, th- I think that in my, in my opinion everybody has experiences it's just on how perceptive you are to notice it or to remember it and and for me, I'm very perceptive, and I notice things, and I remember things. And this this incident here, this kind of stuff happens in security. Uh, you get people that work at night, and you'll get these places that are spooky, creepy, weird, and guards will tell you all kinds of crazy stories. Now, I myself have lived through some of these crazy stories, and, and I'm going to tell you right now, this was one of the worst. Okay, I don't even know if it was the worst, because I only had to deal with it a little bit, me personally. But imagine working in a place, in, you know, night in and night out, and, and it's stuff's going on. I did have a place that I worked like that. One day I'll tell that story. I'm not there yet, but I'm going to eventually get to that. But this place, if you had to work there every night, would probably drive you insane. What the first guy told me, okay, when he came to get his check, which was about a week after all this other, and other we were already in like number three or four by the time he came to get his check. Yeah. He said that when he went in there to use the bathroom, I believe on the second night, Something like skittered, according to him, something it sounded like a person coughed and then skittered across the ground, like crawling from one pew to another, like he could see it in the dark. When he went to shine his light on it, the light went out. 
and he claimed that it's it was very much humanoidal looking, and so he ran back out. And when he went to run back out, when he got to the door, he couldn't open the door. Now, of course, Scorpio, you know, that was something that was very universal with all mm. these encounters. Yeah. The door would close, would keep, would stay closed and people couldn't open it. And then he said he felt like breathing on the back of his neck and it felt like something put its hand, like a, like what he said would feel like a bony skeletal hand on the back of his head. And it like kind of rubbed down his, his, the back of his head down his, down his back. That's what he told us. He said that he was just standing there and he was so afraid that he urinated where he stood. Right? Scorp? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then he, the door opened up on its own, just kind of popped open. It didn't go flying open in any dramatic or whatever. He said the door just opened and then he just walked out and he said that he couldn't run. It was like something was keeping his legs, his legs, he could barely stand. It was like he was so uh, terrified. And he thought he was going to have a heart attack. And he got to his vehicle. And this was a young guy. He was in his mid to late 20s. He got in his vehicle and he drove out. Now, the second guy, Joe, told us that he his encounter was a lot more, uh, it, was, it was a lot more intense. He was sitting outside the building because uh, he said it was spooky inside, which I don't blame him. He went in to go use the bathroom. He sat down to do his business or whatever, and something immediately started to bang on the stall, on the door of the stall. The banging turned into shaking, and the stall began to shake, and he stopped doing what he was doing, and he stood up, and he was like, he didn't know what to do. He was prepared to fight because he thought somebody was in there, and they were messing with him. So he began to yell, hey, you know, quit messing with me, mofo, blah, 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 whatever. He said that he saw what looked like in, 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 in the, the crack between the, the door and the frame. The, yeah, the frame, that he saw what looked like a shadowy looking thing moving back and forth. And so he got down and looked underneath the stall to see what it was. He didn't see anything. There were no legs, nothing. He didn't see any legs. And he finally got the courage up after about 15, he said it was 15, 20 minutes. He just sat there. He was just terrified. And it actually stood up on the toilet and was debating about, you know, any other way to get out of there. Uh, eventually he, he opened the door and he made a break for it. Now he got stuck in the bathroom and he began to pull on the door. And he said that it was literally like something was holding the other side of the door and that it kept closing and coming out of his hand when he was trying to open the door. And he said that the doorknob actually got really, really cold to the point where it felt like ice. And he said that the bathroom was really, really cold. And once again, he felt like the breathing on the back of his neck. The lights went out. Okay. He turned at one point and he looked in the mirror and he said that it was, it was pitch dark in there. But he saw a face that was a, the kind of a self-illuminated, I guess, because it was like a light. Like you could see the face was kind of lit up. It was a bluish green color. And he said that it looked like a rotting skeleton with like flesh hanging off of it. And he said that it was like on one side of the face looked almost melted. That's the words he used. When it had no eyes, it was, and it was, and he began to scream and flail about, and you know, this that's my words as far as flail about. He didn't say he flailed about, but he that's what he did. He was like throwing punches in the air 
and he op- he got the door open and he stumbled out and he fell over a pew and he jumped over another one according to him and then he ran out the door and and he he got out but there again when he got to the front door he had to sit there and struggle with it because it was keeping itself closed and when he got out to the outside of it there was like a little like a little courtyard thing right there when he got out out into the courtyard he heard crunching like on the little gravel and like like footsteps like of somebody was following following him. him yeah like it was running towards him and Scorpio were there when he told me the story. Yeah. And he said that that he heard like a like a laughter that sounded like a woman. Now he didn't say that the face that he saw in the bathroom did not necessarily have a gender. Uh he, I asked him that it looked like a male or a female. He just said it was just there. He goes, Man, it was just there. I don't know. It was it just looked like a skeleton. And he said that it was like a like a just breathing. He did say there was a nasty smell, which you reported to Scorp. Smelled like rotting flesh, which stunk really bad. The first guy, I did not get a report of rotting flesh, but I did from from this guy. Now, the third guy that was out there, he had already been told stuff by Joe and so and from Jody when he went to get his checks. I'm thinking, okay, these guys kind of maybe tainted this guy, Chris. He went out there and he said that what happened to him and what scared him away was that he was sitting in his vehicle. And uh, he was looking down at his uh, computer or phone or whatever whatever he had with him. He was looking at something. And I can't remember. It's been a long time. But anyway, he said he was looking down at his, or his PSP or something, a video game or something. Something like something that. Like yeah. that. A handheld something. Some form of entertainment. Yeah, some form of entertainment. He had something. And I can't remember because there were two different situations that were very similar. And so something pushed his vehicle. And he was like, whoa. Now, his story was even weirder because, like, he saw something moving around in the tree line. What he saw in the tree line, when he looked up, he didn't see anybody, like, immediately around the vicinity of his vehicle. But what he did see was what he thought were images, like, like uh, people, like a group, like, of people, like, moving around in the tree line on the east side of the property. And he thought it was weird. He was like, man, it looked like several people, like, shuffling around in the woods. So he did what he was supposed to do. He got, according to him, he got out, took his flashlight, went and walked toward the tree line. And when he shined the tree line, he saw several spectral, I guess you could say, type beings that were ab- that were absolutely see-through. You, his flashlight went right through them. And they were, according to him, in the like he got a look at some of them, they looked like uh, they were in, in various states of uh, decay. This was absolutely terrifying. It was like he saw these things and they looked like they were like rotting corpses. Is that correct, Scott? Oh, uh, yeah. 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 You said I, mean, it I like, wanted to be you wrong. See some of them like new ghosts, some of them are old ghosts or whatever you want to call them. The spectral beings, they were like, you can see bones in some of them, some of the skeletons, some of you can't. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah. yeah. And so th- this is what he told us, you know, and he didn't just tell me in, in Scorpio, he told D, he told all of us this story. You know, he told my, my partner who works for the company at that time. And uh, so he told us all this, this story and he was like, he was very shaken up. And he said that, you know, at that point he went to get in his vehicle. Now here's what happened. This procession of entities began to shuffle towards him now, almost like zombies but they were definitely spiritual in nature. 
And he was looking right at him, and he couldn't start his vehicle. His vehicle would not start. And so eventually these these beings or whatever surrounded his vehicle, like the front and the sides of it, and they were looking into his vehicle. He climbed down into the floorboard and covered himself with a blanket. Okay. <laughs> that is terrifying. He said that he called his girlfriend and was going to tell her, hey, can you, you know, get me some, some help, whatever, you know. Um, he had tried calling the police. He did call the police, the local sheriff's department, and told them that, that what was going on. And they actually laughed at him. And they were like, oh, okay, your ghosts are attacking your vehicle. <laughs> Which he said, he told us, that was a mistake, obviously. They weren't believing it. He should have said I was being attacked by a bunch of people that were crazy, whatever. And he gave him the location. Well, they actually didn't even take it seriously. They, they didn't show up. Uh, according to him, he could hear noises, what he, what he described as wailing, uh, screams and, and laughter. And it went on for about an hour. He called his girlfriend and finally he said that they both began to pray and they prayed and prayed. And eventually he got up, he got in the seat of his vehicle and he started to turn the key and eventually it worked. Uh, these entities were gone and he drove out. Uh, did I tell that correctly? So yeah, you What did. you remember. Okay, what I remember, yes. yeah, that's exactly what he said. Yeah, okay. So that was guard number three. And now I remember the guard number four uh, and guard number five were both inside the church when their incident happened. Same thing. Uh, going to the restroom. One of them went to the restroom. And the I think it was guard number four. He got sh shoved. Yeah. He got shoved from behind. He walked into the into the church. He said he had gone in there a couple times, used the bathroom with no problem. Yeah. He went in there. He went to turn the light on, and the the electricity went off. Well, now that's not so unusual in and of itself because it was a very old building. So I mean, you think you know maybe oh, the electrical work isn't working right. Yeah, yeah maybe it's not working that correctly. Have been part of what they were renovating is what you yeah. think from that. Mm -hmm. And so they were doing some work and stuff. So you know that that in of itself you can't go. Oh, the lights aren't coming on. Oh man, what are we gonna do, Scoop? No, I mean, th there was actually, you know, some work going on. So, yeah, you're going to have some stuff happen. He got shoved down. Now, he says he he landed on his knees and he kind of skidded and he into one of the pews. When he tried to get up, something put its hands on his back and held him down in a, in a, in a bent over praying position, literally. He could not get up, and it was like it was holding him there. And he said it lasted for what what felt like several minutes. You know, and of course, people when they're you know who knows how long it really was. He said it lasted several minutes. Now, this guy was not a, a weakling. He was an ex soldier, tough guy. Yeah, um, was not afraid, and so he doubled over, and he was he was in, held in in place in that position. When he got up. Something was thrown at him, which he later, he believes, was a hymn book. And it was flung at him down the, the, the aisle, hitting him in the, on the top of the head, on the face, whatever. And he said that it, it hit him pretty hard. And when he turned and he looked, he kind of tripped and he kicked it. And it was a hymn book, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so he stumbled to the front door. There again, he tries to open the front door. He can't get out. He begins to hear uh, a scr Oh, no, no, that's number five. Uh, this guy began to hear like whispering and it sounded like it was a bunch of people doing it all at once, whispering really loud. Oh, yeah. And it led to like, almost like a 
I don't know, like a chorus of people whispering. And he said that they were all speaking. And what he said was, it sounded like another language, which he later determined he thinks it was some sort of Spanish or maybe Latin. He didn't speak Spanish, but he thought that that's what it sounded like. Now, eventually he got out. He stumbled out to his car, got out of there. Again, like Jody, you said he couldn't run. He had to kind of like walk. Yeah, he couldn't run. His legs were wobbled or whatever. That seemed to be a recurring theme. That mm-hmm. that happened to pretty much everybody. Yeah. And then the number five guard, okay, this guy had, had something. When he went into the church, the door closed behind him on its own. He began to walk uh, down, down the aisle, heading toward the, the restroom or whatever, and he heard a scream like, ah, you know, I can't even do it. Like, like a banshee type scream. I don't even know if that's even anywhere near correct, folks. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that's my imitation of a horrifying scream. But that's what he said happened. Tony, you want to do it? You're more feminine than me. Uh, no, because I'm manly enough not to scream into a mic. Wow. <laughs> no, like, hey, you no. know what? Iron Maiden. And if I'm going to scream, I'm going to scream. I'm not going to go, eh, whatever okay. you did. Faith No More, Iron Maiden, they all scream in the mics, dude. It's called metal. Look into yeah. it. That's singing. That's metal. And you know what you thing, just did was embarrassing. Pe- pe- people, you, you know, should be hey, ashamed you know what? Leave yourself. it in there because I want people to hear this and you tell me if it's embarrassing or not in the comments. You know what? If you think that's embarrassing, I'm doing my best to try to make this as realistic as possible for you people. Well, then scream. What was that half at? <laughs> it's a female scream. How am I supposed to do it? We need uh, some sound effects up in here. Look, Anthony's over here that, bored. He doesn't want to get too loud and blow everybody's ears <laughs> Anthony's out. heard all these stories before. He's so bored. Anthony, why don't you give us some sound effects here for this? No? So anyways, he was like walking there. We hear, that's about as good as you're going to get, folks. Anyways, so the guy, the guy hears a scream that sounded like a female, was what he told us, right? Okay. Now, this guy actually got attacked like physically attacked. I think it was becoming more aggressive or something at this point. Now, here's the thing. When he was trying to get, be turned to get back out, once again, he couldn't open the door. He couldn't get back out. Something grabbed him by the back of his shirt and spun him around and threw him over a pew. When he tried to get up off the pew, once again, he felt like something was holding him down. But the way he described it was just pressure. It was like pressure, and it was holding him down onto the pew, and he smelled a rotten smell that, that, that like smelled like mixed. This is what he said: a mixture of, of dead animal and bad breath. Is that not what he said? Yeah, that's, exactly that, that's what, what he, he said. said. Okay, and so th- then he said that whatever this was, like finally when he got up, he was un- unable to control his body, and he slid across one of the pews, one of these old wooden pews, and he fell off on the other side. Like, it flung him, okay? At that point, he said he stood up, and he just kind of walked around the outside of the wall, and he was, at that point, crying. He's not a really big guy, but he's not a little wimpy guy either. Yeah. There again, he's he's ex-Navy guy. Um, he's not a SEAL or anything, but he was, you know, he was in the military, and he was walking around the outside, and when he got to the to the front door, once again, he could not get it open, and this thing... He heard footsteps like running towards him, and he began to say the Lord's Prayer, according to him. And uh, the door opened, and the footsteps stopped, but he could still smell it, whatever it was. Now, when he turned and he looked back at whatever this thing was, because he wanted to know where it was 
as opposed to where he was at, he saw what looked like a skeletal face with rotting flesh and it had like stringy hair coming off of it. He said it looked feminine, right? Yeah. And he said that that this thing had like a like a what looked like half a rotted hand pointing at the door, like to leave. So he did. So he he went out. Now, the scary thing about this, folks, to me, I mean, it's all scary. It's all terrifying. Is that? And let me tell you something else. In those woods around that area, we have gotten dogman reports. Yeah. So you're you're outside. You pick your poison. Mm-hmm. You want to be outside with the. With the dog man, or do you want to be inside with the the ghouls? Uh, but apparently the ghouls went outside too. So it was it was a pretty it was a pretty mixed bag of, of stuff that was going on. Uh, he gets out to his vehicle. He hears the 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 thing running behind him. The same thing running behind him. The noise and all that. He get he gets to the vehicle. He get he goes inside the vehicle. Once again, vehicle did not start for this guy. He tried and tried and tried, and then he just said he put his head down on the steering wheel and just prayed and prayed and prayed, and eventually he got it to start. He got out of there. No, he said it started while it was while he was praying. While he, he was didn't praying, turned the key. He already had the key, I guess, already in the start. Yeah, yeah, position. Uh, yeah. You're right. You're right. What's crazy though about this guy, you know, it, he was not a Christian. He is not. He was a non-believer, but I think that night made him a believer just because he began to pray and it, it helped. Now, I don't know. I didn't follow up with the guy and go and, and ask him. We'll call him Curtis, you know. I didn't ask Curtis if uh, he became a uh, devout believer, Christian, or whatever. But uh, from what we gather, I guess that's what Dale. Uh, now, here's what happened. Now, you, Scorp, actually got to talk to some of the workers when you came and I dropped you off because the next day. You had heard maybe two or three of these people's encounters at that point. I don't think we had heard them all yet. No. And you talked to some of the workers. Yeah. And I had I did too that first day that we the, the day I took you out there. Uh we talked to a couple of the foremen and some of the workers. Do you want to get into what some of them told you? Well, some of them said that while they were working on a ladder, the ladder would like shake even though somebody was holding it. It's like they would and they thought it was the person that was holding the ladder messing with them while they were up there. And the other guy said, no, I didn't shake the ladder. Something shook me and shook the ladder, too. Other times when they were painting, the bucket would just fall off the ladder or fall, just tump over. If they were using the pan, because some of them were using the rollers, and they would use a little pan, that pan would just flip up and turn over and uh, flip away from where they were at. It's like this thing was trying to keep them from actually doing anything to the church. To the church. Another guy claimed that he got uh, a picture fell and hit him. Yeah. And he had to go to the hospital. And uh cross fell off the wall next the, to one of the guys and mm-hmm. almost got a, the bottom piece almost hit him in the head. In the head, yeah. Uh, another guy got pushed yeah. over a pew. And folks, this is stuff this stuff was happening in broad daylight. Yeah. None of the workers came wherever there when we left in the morning. They were they didn't come in when it was dark. No. And they didn't stay. <laughs> they no. were they were they were getting out of there before dark and they would tell us, you know, like, man, you're brave, you know, to be out here, you know. Uh now they did tell us a story about a previous security guard that they came in, in the morning and he was asleep underneath his vehicle. You remember that? Yeah. The guy <laughs> Okay, now this story's crazy. The this the guy had gone un, like had gotten chased out of the church, okay? Had ran through the courtyard, gone to his vehicle, 
couldn't find the keys, I guess. And he had dropped them somewhere. And so whatever it was to chase him, he went under the, the vehicle and he stayed under the vehicle until daylight. Yeah. Said that it happened about 3.30 in the morning and uh, ran under the vehicle and had been there until 7.30 when they got there. Jeez. So he said he eventually just went to sleep. He said whatever it was was walking around and around the vehicle. And th- these things, whatever they were, whatever it was, was aggressive. Like it would attack people. Yeah, this is more than aggressive. This is malicious. It was malicious, like demonic, yeah. And so here's a crazy story. Now, I I did some research on this, and I actually got a Dogman story. Dogman, or maybe Goatman, I don't know exactly what to call it. Now, I I did talk to somebody who lived in that area, and when we were talking about this incident, me and you, Scorp, were talking, and I don't want to give the location away, but we were working at a job site together after that, mm-hmm. and we talked to a guy. Um, well, it was when we were doing the towers during the ACL. Yeah. You remember that? Oh, Austin yeah. City Limits? Okay. Me and Scorp were working together with another group of people for a very large um, company, uh, cell phone provider cell phone company. Provider, I don't yeah. want to get into who they are. Um, cause then they might say something. Or yeah. What we were doing there is they were bringing, they would bring out these mobile cell towers to actually boost the power. The signal. for Yeah. The signal. So people would, would, uh, record the shows or take pictures. They didn't lose, uh, speed on their phone. Mm-hmm. And e- each, each major carrier had their own tower out yeah, there. We were out there watching one of those towers. And we did it for three or four years and every year. And so we were working, me and Scorp were out there guarding a tower, uh, and we had the the other people's tower, the other guards were all out there. So we kind of had a big old party out there yeah. hanging out, you know, and actually me and another guard were making money, like giving people rides from, from they, they could park in the parking lot. We drive them up to the ACL. Yeah. So we were making a little bit of money, you know? And so I'd tell Scorp, Hey, watch that. And I'll go drive these people. So anyway, it was pretty, it was pretty lucrative a little week. We'd make some money off of it. And, uh, ACL is like a one weekend and then there's like another weekend. So people stay in town for about a week. It's called Austin City Limits. So anyway, we were working with another guard who said, I know that area. We were talking about ghost stories from security. Mm-hmm. And we talked about what happened to you, what happened to me. And one of the guards out there says, dude, I know that area. And we, we were talking about werewolves and stuff like that. And he had a story. He said, I didn't know that it happened to his sister-in-law who lived only about 10 to 12 miles from that place. And she told him that one day she was driving home and she couldn't tell whether it was a wolf-headed creature with horns or if it was a goat-looking creature. She said that it had the backward bent legs and it ran across. First, it ran alongside her vehicle down a county road for at least a mile. She was all alone. She was a middle-aged woman by herself coming home at like 1 in the morning. And this thing ran alongside the, the vehicle. Yeah, just pacing the vehicle. Pacing the vehicle, yeah. You remember. Mm. And then it was black. And it had tall, spiraling horns, and but it had a wolf-like head, according to her, or what he had said that she told him. And then I remember, like, he told us a brief, abbreviated version. And the next day, um, he came back and he told us the whole story. Um, and he was a pretty cool guy. He was actually a patrol captain for a very large security company that absolutely dwarfs our company. It's a big company. Yeah. And so he told us that story. And uh, what he said, though, was that this thing ran alongside the vehicle, and then at the last second, it cut off in front of her vehicle, and she almost ran off the road, and she was cognizant enough to not lose control, and she st- and it was like it was trying to make her wreck and go off into a ditch. And she say, said that it, seemed like that was its intention. The that was its time. intention. Yeah. And now you got to figure this is only about ten miles from this place. 
Because when me and Scorp were talking, remember, we were like, that is really close to where we were yeah. at. And so, and there was a creek uh, that ran into the to a body of water. I'm not going to get into it, but yeah, it was really crazy. About, yeah, that, that creek ran through that property. We were at the Bella Church. Yeah, it ran through the, the, the kind of the back. It went around it, but only when it rained. It, was, yeah. it wasn't full when we were there. No. I don't know. Well, maybe it was. Yeah, it was always, it always had a little bit of water. A little bit of water, it, yeah. But it wasn't, it didn't, it uh, would, have, of course, add more when it rained. Yeah. It wasn't too bad, though, when we were there, if I, if I remember correctly. Now, here's what happened. Scorp, you ended up having to go and work that that site, which I was, actually volunteered mistakenly. There was nobody to else to do it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, we you didn't have a vehicle, so me and my partner, uh, or my two partners at the time, we, we said, you know what? And one that's not with us anymore, but he said, use, use Scorpion. He's not afraid. He'll go do it. You know, we, I was like, well, we have to drive him out there every now. So we decided we would take turns driving you out there just to complete the contract because we didn't want to just, you know, leave these people hanging. They'd already been through two other companies. And so I liked the guy. I'd worked with him before at this other building down, downtown. So I said, okay, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll do what we can. So the first night I was going to do it, or I think I was going to do it for a couple nights, and then then the other guy was going to drive you. So I go out there with, with Scorp. And we get all these reports of of what you know whatever. Now, you have never been phased, as far as I can tell, by any of these. Like you worked at a place no longer exists called Travis House. Yeah, we had some weird stuff happen at that oh, place, yeah. and and you saw what and it looked like a spectral dog, mm-hmm. and, a spectral dog, and, and uh, a person, person. Yeah, and we're not going to get into all whatever, but there was stuff that went on there, and it was there was about two or three other guards that had stuff happen there too. Mm-hmm. Now, more than once, folks, I actually caught Scorp asleep there. So <laughs> that tells you he went up in the fire escape and was like sound asleep, did not care about the, the ghost dog or the person. <laughs> so for him to be uh, terrified of something, it had to have been really bad. Oh, yeah. Okay. Plus, you lived in a haunted house with us. Yeah. All right. And okay. So here, let, let's get into what happened to you. Now, that night, the first night you were there, there wasn't, the activity wasn't, um, as bad or whatever? No. I mean, I heard stuff here and there, like scratching or something. I didn't know what it was. I shot my flashlight, didn't see nothing, so I just blew it off. And there was a, like, okay, I know you said that you heard a woman crying. Sounded like a woman crying. But on the outside of on the, the outside of the building, but I didn't see her. I never found her, so I was like, oh, she ain't trying to get in, so I'm not going to worry about it. Yeah. Did you at least go check? I went to check. Don't lie. I went to check. <laughs> yeah, I would check by like just shining my light through the windows and be like, oh, no one's on this side of I the window. I would walk two feet from the wall and be like, oh, it's good. Yeah. I would just be outside. Hey, anyone need help? No? Very okay. quietly. Yeah. Do you need help? I guess not. Okay. Put in your report all clear. Very, very good security there, guys. So say, so you, you heard a woman crying and it went on. And it went on for about. 15 minutes then I, like i said i went and checked and i didn't i kept hearing her but i could never find her <clears throat> did it I sound like double was... back just to see if maybe i can circumvent which way she was going so i thought maybe i was following her and couldn't catch up so i turned around to see my catch her going the other way and eventually the noise the crying just stopped so i figured she might have just left property well if she was by the creek dude it, 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 yarona. i mean <laughs> yarona is over there that's what it is the crying lady why didn't you go in, in to the to the creek and say hey i got your kids I'm not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay. He goes, hey, I got your kids. And he runs back inside. But, okay, so you heard a wailing, like a crying, yeah. right? That was the first night. Yeah. Okay. Now, now you said the, fir- the first night that you went in the bathroom, there was something small that had kind of happened the first night? It, 
I don't know. They, I heard like I felt something kind of push me from behind while I was using the bathroom, but it didn't really bother me. And then the lights flickered, so I was like, too. you know what? All right, I'm done. I zipped up and walked out. <laughs> yeah, and so and so, but you said the lights went off and on a couple times. Yeah, and and we all just kind of and when you you called me at one point. And you were like, the lights are going on and off. And I'm like, dude, I'm on my post. I'm over there. I'm suffering, dude, big time where I'm at. I'm actually yeah. like, yeah, I was I was actually asleep. But anyway, <laughs> I was in a high rise up there asleep looking out going like, oh, it's horrible, dude. I hope you don't, you know, nothing happens. I'm just kidding, dude. No, we talked and you told me that, uh, that, that the lights were going off and on. And I said, well, I don't know what I can tell you. I can't leave, you know. So anyway. That was what went on the first night. Now, and you also said, if I remember correctly, you heard footsteps outside on the gravel, or what was that? When I was looking for that lady, I heard footsteps behind me. Every time I turn around, nothing. Nothing. No one okay. was there. All right. All right. So, and then that was the extent of it the first that night. That was the extent of it the first night. It, I was like, you know what? They didn't try and get in. Nobody, nothing happened. So, whatever. Okay. And then there was a bang, the banging on the wall. That was the second night? That was the second night. Second night. Okay. Now, the second night was when you actually became a big chicken and I had to come get you. <laughs> well, I'm kidding with you, but you know what I mean. Yeah. You didn't have to come get me. I had to wait until you got off your post. Yeah. Well, actually, <laughs> I did. I did because I got off at five and yeah, he had to stay there. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. It was yeah. pretty bad. I got off early because the, the guy where I was at, he was cool, man. He came in early and he said, I'll, I'll cover for you. And so I had to go pick this guy up. He's a big chicken coward. <laughs> I go, his name is Gary Lopez. Remember that. Remember that name. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So anyways, tell us what happened when you got the second the second night from beginning to end, everything that went on. Uh, second night I got there. Of course, nobody's there. I go and check, make sure. Uh, we, we walked the grounds together the, first, yeah. the second time too. Yeah. And we, nobody was there. Everything was fine. The ladders were all secure because they actually took them down so that way they didn't get taken or knocked over. Um. So after we found everything was fine, you left and went to your post. Mm -hmm. Which was in town. Yeah. I mean, I sat there. I was playing a video. I was playing like, I had a Game Boy DS. I was playing that just to pass the time. Or a Game Boy Advance or something. Something like that. Whatever I it was. Game, I had a Game Boy. Yeah. And uh, so I was playing that to try and pass the time. And about 1130, I had to go to the bathroom. So I went to the bathroom while I was in there. Nothing happened up until 11.30. Nothing happened up until 11.30. That sounds very familiar because that's what everybody said. It was like after midnight or so every time. Yeah, well, I was in the bathroom. That's when I heard the banging on the wall. And it wasn't like anybody was using their fist. like somebody using an open hand to slap the wall. But I didn't see nothing. I didn't see nobody. I didn't hear anything but the wall being hit. And it sounded like it was right behind me. I finished what I was doing and went back out into the into the church when you say banging do you mean like like banging from the inside or like yeah. someone on the outside banging no someone it was like i said it was right behind me inside oh, the bathroom no, with I, me I, like I, someone sitting there snapping the wall to try and get me to hurry up so i went back out to the church and the noise stopped a couple more hours and nothing happened so i kind of blew off the noise in the bathroom as maybe a one-time thing, maybe that was what it was going to do to try and scare me that night to see if it'll scare me off. You were pretty convinced at that point that something was there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then a couple hours later, I got tired, so I started nodding off. Yeah, and actually, folks, th th we were told by, by Al that if we wanted to take a nap in there, just make sure that the chief, he told us we could. Yeah. He said that, but if we were going to do it, just make sure we close the door to the church and locked it up and so nobody and, can get in. And that's exactly what I did. Yeah, and he, I locked he, was, it he had up. no problem I mean, with that. I mean, when I got there after you left, I locked it up anyway, just in case, because 
I didn't know if I was going to make it through the whole night or not. And I probably figured I might not because I was already kind of tired. But uh, so I locked it up behind me after you left anyway. And just in case I did not off, I didn't want to not off an accident and leave it open. But yeah, about 2.30, 2.45 in the morning, I started nodding off, sitting in one of the pews playing on my DS. And I put the DS down because I already knew I was nodding off. I was going to go to sleep. And while I'm, uh, just before I finally get completely to sleep, something reaches out from under the pew, grabs my ankles, and starts pulling me, like, under the pew. I put my hand on the pew in front of me, and I start pulling my my legs away from whatever I had. And it's, it felt like some dry, bony hands, because it was kind of warm. I was wearing shorts, ankle socks, so I could feel the things on my ankles. And it felt like some dry, bony, clammy hands. And you like, said the air got really cold. Yeah, too. it got real cold. And while I'm sitting there trying to get free off to my right, I see, I, can, I can't clearly see it. I'm seeing this out of my peripherals, but I see like some shadowy figure and I hear laughing coming from that way. Like a second entity. Yeah. And I finally get my left foot free and I put it on because this is a, this church had those uh, kneeling pew, had those kneelers, uh, kneeling bars underneath the pew. So I put my foot on that and got my right one free. And I got out in the middle of the, of the between the pews and shined my flashlight on around to see where it was. My DS was still sitting on the pew and I didn't want to try and grab it. But I was like, forget it. I went out. So I started going towards the door. And as I'm going towards the door, I feel like something's trying to grab at me, but it can't get to me. I don't know what was doing, what was keeping it from me, but I'm sitting there just backing up to the door, trying to make sure nothing is uh, coming at me. I get to the door, I unlock it. I I had a little trouble opening it, and um, I felt like something grabbed my the back of my collar. And just as it grabbed my collar, I was able to pull the door open, and it let go, and I just went outside and sat in one of the benches outside until you got off your post and came to pick me up. Yeah. And now that's when you called me. Yeah. And that was a little after three or something like that. And I couldn't, I couldn't leave until, or no, no, I left. Let's see. I got a hold of the guy that, and I left, I got there about five. You got there about five. five you, got, you, got, you, got, you got a hold of your, uh, the guy that was supposed to relieve yeah, you. And he, he showed he up. He came in and relieved me. And, and, I, and he's a nice guy. I'm, I still know yeah. him to this day. And I told him, look, I got an emergency. So I went and I, I, I picked you up a little bit before five. So you sat outside from like, what, three, three to almost five. <laughs> three to five. Yeah. Now, another thing you said, you heard what you thought were voices coming from the woods. Yeah. And that, and that was from the west side of the from property? From the west side of the property. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was like a whispering and it was, it was Spanish. And it was like, I don't know, I don't I didn't understand what they were saying. But I could tell it was Spanish because you I'm could Hispanic. Hear, you could and, hear a few words. Yeah, yeah I'm Hispanic. Mike, and I've heard Spanish my whole life, even though I can. Yeah, so I can't speak it that well. So yeah, you can't speak it that well. <laughs> you speak it. You speak it better than the average American. That's for sure. But well, I like, mean, you don't speak it as good as I like, didn't. Uh, I didn't speak it nearly as well then as I do now. Yeah, well, living in Texas, you become kind of fluent, accustomed in Spanish, to Spanish. Yeah, but you speak better than anybody in the house, probably. Um, now maybe. So now maybe yeah, I used to speak a little better than you, but yeah. we don't we don't use it as much. No. Right, you know? but all right. So I could tell you got a little when you tell that story, you get a little. In, you know, it still bothers me to this day telling that story. It still kind of scares me. Yeah, I can yeah, tell. and 
I can almost still feel the hands when I talk about it grabbing me. Well, I'm sure you can. Now, you said there was a smell. Yeah, like yeah, like somebody left some lunch meat out, like a some like bad pastrami or salami or something that had gone bad. Yeah. It was gross. This is it was it didn't leave my nose and almost until about the time you showed up to pick me up. And what about your ankles? You said that you had a pain. My right ankle hurt almost like I felt like I got scratched when I pulled away from it. And when we got to the house, I looked and I actually had a bruise, like a hand mark bruise on my ankle. See, now I don't remember exactly wh- what happened, but I, me- I remember like you took a picture of like of the of your ankle. What I saw, it just looked like a little bruise on there. And I, I remember I teased you. I was like, oh, mm. you hit your leg on a piece. <laughs> now, now, folks, here I'm going to tell you what happened to me in a minute here, okay? Actually, just, I did. And I told you, yeah, I did. Yeah, but it was but on I this side, that, not I thought, that side. I thought that that's what it was. And then you, we took, we had these disposable cameras, Tony. And, you know, we took pictures. And, of course, when we moved, who knows what happened to those or whatever, yeah. you know. So, I mean, these are disposable cameras. And I found two or three of them uh, one day. And then I don't, I don't know what happened to them. But... I think Who knows some those in the, pi- the drawer? We need the- we need to get those developed because that could be the pictures of your. I, of I would your, check them out. Yeah. So what? It, anyway, I, I remember you took like a picture with it, but it just looked like a bruise to me. Now I kind of teased you, mm. you know. And but here's what happened, folks. I I, I rescued Scorp. I got him out of there. All 270 pounds of him, big sissy. And I got him. I got him out of there. And we took him back to the house and gave him, you know, a, a, a blanket to lay with, and he could go Mimi and go to sleep and some some milk, <laughs> hot milk, and poor little baby. He tucked him in. Tucked him, him in. Good... Gave him a bedtime story of the and whatever works. I was happy yeah, to be exactly. out of there. <laughs> Wait, quick question. I was happy to be out go of ahead, there. <laughs> the most important thing in this whole thing is what happened to the DS. Like, I, yeah, I, exactly. <laughs> Did you leave your Game Boy there? Probably. No, actually, when you showed up, I oh, yeah, actually right, had the courage right. yeah, enough yeah, to go yeah. back we, in and he, get he it. He ran in there and grabbed uh, that and, and something you, else. I, I was able to do it because he stood at the door. <laughs> well, stood at the door and let me. Yeah. And thankful. while I went in, thank, so I thankful. could be sure. It thank goodness he rescued that. I was worried there. <clears throat> so uh, here's what happened. I go to the office the next day, okay? Uh, Scorp, you're with me. And we talked to our my, my business partners at that time. And I said, look, somebody's going to have to go do that assignment, and we're out of guards. <laughs> and they were like, how many guards have we gone through? I was like six, you know, whatever. I said that's it. We don't. We had two or three other guys, but they were on other assignments. We had one guy at a treatment plant or something. I said, did we? We we and that was a big account. We had a couple other big accounts. I said we we have nobody that can go do this, okay? And I said we we're gonna have to 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 do something. It's gonna be one of us. So I don't remember how we decided it, but we decided that I was gonna do it that ne- that next night. I went and worked for you, and you went over to the church. Yeah, and and I, but I know the next night I had to go and do it. Yeah. So here's what happened. I get out there six o'clock sharp because I'm always on time. I'm just kidding. Uh, so I get there at six o'clock, ready to go. Uh, my whole shift was just absolutely uneventful because I'm not afraid of no ghosts. And then the next day it was fine. And I don't know what y'all were tripping on. Oh, okay. Well, that's <laughs> the show, guys. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> uh, my nose is getting long. Okay. All right, guys, here's what actually happened. I get out there and I, I sat outside of the church because I'm not, I didn't want to go inside. I went in there once to use the bathroom and I felt creeped out, but I didn't see anything at that point. Uh, about midnight, I got out of my truck to take a leak. Okay. Not to be crude, but I didn't want to go inside just to take a leak. So I said about midnight, it was a little after midnight, I heard what sounded like footfall coming from the gravelly area by the courtyard. I do my job, folks. I'm going to be real honest with you. No matter what the situation calls for, I will go investigate. 
I'm not like those people on the scary movies. I'll go investigate, you know, and you got a mass murder running around. No, but you have to do your job because I have to be able to rule out if it's a vandal or if there's something going on. I had heard all the stories, okay, and and I'm not gonna lie if I if you know and tell you, oh, it, it didn't make me make your imagination run because you're thinking something could happen, you know. Of course, I just got told by one of my best friends that he got scared and got chased out of there. So I actually. What was unnerved to say the least, but uh, I did hear footfall and it wasn't my imagination. And then at one point, I thought I heard like something running on the tree through the tree line. It sounded like two, what to me were like animals. And so I assumed that they were like coyotes or something. And so I just kind of uh, uh, chalked it up to that. And I just thought, okay, there's some coyotes running around the tree line. I shot my flashlight though, I didn't see anything, although I did see like a bush move. I walked toward the tree line and uh, didn't see anything. But as I began to walk back to my truck, I did begin to hear what sounded like talking. And at that point, I thought, okay, so there's some people. And it sounded like people. I mean, just like people standing there in the tree line, and they were making noise. And I thought, this, this is these are people. You know, there's some people out here with me. So I turned around and I, I, I identified myself. I said, this is Officer Turner. I'm doing security out here. You need to leave. This is private property. The acre or two around that property was also part of it. And, you know, so, so they were not allowed to uh, be on the property. So I began to announce my, my presence, whatever, and I went up and I shined the light into the tree line. I did not see anything. As I walked back toward the truck, the the sound of what, what I could clearly make out was what I thought Spanish uh, began to become more pronounced. That was unnerving because I had kept hearing people talking about what sounded like Spanish. When I went into the church, uh, I went back to my truck and I sat there and I faced that, that East area with, with my lights coming on and off every now and then to see if I could see anybody. I never saw anybody. I decided to go inside to use the bathroom again. And, uh, that was about one thirty, I believe. And when I went into the, into the church, I made it a point to leave the door partly open. There was like a, a stone, right, like a brick or whatever I had used to prop the door open. As I was walking toward the bathroom, I was almost to the bathroom. I the, the I heard this clearly the stone move and the door close. The lights were not working at that point. I had my flashlight. I turned and I looked and the door was closed and I thought, oh God, here we go. So I was on the verge of leaving already at that point, but then I I clearly heard what sounded like from the back of the church, uh, um, not not the front where the door is, but the back part of the church. I heard what I thought was Latin, somebody speaking in Latin, and it sounded like, and they were they were talking Latin. I couldn't make it out completely, but I I made out a few words. Uh, but it was all mumble jumbo from what I could tell because I couldn't make it out. It was like every few words I could understand a word and I could clearly hear it. And so I just turned around. It was like, I'm leaving. I'm not going to stay here. And I went to walk out the church. And when I got to the door, I knew that this was going to happen. And I went to try to pull the door and it was not opening. And so I began to, I guess, assert myself. And I lived in a house where a bunch of stuff happened. And sometimes you can just be very assertive and forceful. And I asked the, this entities, whatever I said, I said, I need this door open now. And I began to be very loud and I was beginning to lose my nerve because it wasn't working. 
And so I'm trying to open this door and it's not cooperating. And then I was like, in Jesus name, I was like, every, just trying everything, you know, it opened. Eventually I got it open. It just kind of opened like, boop, you know, um, same thing, you know, with, with everybody else. It just kind of opened and I pulled it and I walked out real quick. Now, when I got out to the courtyard, the same thing, only I heard what sounded like a, a several people walking behind me in the gravel. I get out to my vehicle, I go to start my vehicle, and it won't start. It just kind of went, rrr, 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 rrr. and uh truck was not old at all. It was a brand new truck at that time. It was my Chevy Texas Edition Silverado. It was pretty. It was a pretty new truck, and so I'm sitting there trying to get it to uh, to start, and it's not. It's not working. So I sat there in my truck pretty much scared out of my mind at that point. And I, and I just, I decided, you know what? I took a blanket and I know this sounds very, not very professional, but at that point I didn't give a crap. And I covered my head and I laid down, I, put, I laid down the seat, uh, in, in the, on the driver's side seat. And I just put the blanket up over my head and uh, I actually fell asleep. I went to sleep and I woke up to the, the to my sh- truck being shook and to the sounds of what I thought were people speaking and when I pulled the blanket down and I looked in all directions, I didn't see anything. So then I laid there. I looked at the clock at that point, you know, and it was two thirty, I believe, in the morning. And uh, so I went back to sleep, and I I managed to go back to sleep. And then about four o'clock, uh, and that was four because it was like four, you know, eleven or something like that, four twelve or something like that. When I woke up, I saw the clock. Now this is what's really weird, folks. I woke up. And I looked and I saw all around my vehicle what looked like people whose faces were in various, uh, like one of them's nose was gone. They looked like their flesh was rotting off of their skulls. Okay. Now, this is what's crazy. I didn't have any kind of smell or anything like that. I didn't smell anything. But at that point, I screamed, you know, at the top of my lungs, like, Oh my gosh, you know, and I freaked and I jumped forward. Then I actually woke up. If that makes any sense. Like I was actually awake. I mean, like fully cognizant awake, but what I've come to the conclusion that I was actually out of my body. I believe that I had like woken up out of my body and didn't really realize it. And then I woke up in my body. And when I woke up in my body, I did see to the left side of my truck where my driver's side was two, maybe three, just really quickly. And then they were gone like poof, you know, uh, what looked like three rotting corpses standing there on the side of my vehicle. But then they were gone almost instantaneously. And I started my key, went to start my key and it didn't, it wouldn't start. And so I just sat there, you know, with my hands on the steering wheels and I was praying and praying and eventually I just said, it's going to start. It's going to start. And it did. Started my truck up and I drove out of there. Uh, sad to say, I didn't finish the shift. Now, I did go in the morning and I told my my business partners at that time, and I said, we're done. We're not working there. We're not doing that site. It's, we're, it's not going to happen. We're done with this. Okay. I gave uh, a little smart mouth the key, the guy that was was like, you know, saying that he wasn't scared, whatever. He goes out there the next night. And didn't finish the shift. I know he didn't finish the shift because a couple days later I went through that and and we had dropped the account. 
And, you know, uh, Al, I read the email and he said, sorry, things didn't work out and blah, blah, blah. You know, maybe one day in the future we can do business again. I, I totally understand. He was not angry at us at all. Uh, so we no, did the best. He he wasn't angry because he that's like like he told us is we were the, like we were the third company and we had lasted longer had than anybody. With, yeah. yeah. Well, you guys went to like every guard you had pretty much. Pretty much. Well, everybody was available. Yeah, you know, they were willing even, to drive out you, there. You even went through the man or the the head. Yeah, the everybody. Superiors, like everybody. Yeah. So a couple of days went by, and uh, we were in the office and we we're having a meeting. It was like our Monday meetings. We used to have these meetings on Mondays. So the, what we talked about, I asked uh, this particular guy, um, what happened to him out there? And he just said, no, I don't want to talk about it. He wouldn't talk about it until uh, I think maybe like two or three weeks went by and we teased him about it at, at, at lunch one day. And there were several of us there, Scorp, you were in attendance. Oh, yeah. And he did tell us. He said that he was walking through the church, doing a round or, or walking around the church, whatever, doing around whatever and he and once he got to the back of the church he felt like something had physically grabbed him and was stopping him from moving he didn't say it felt like hands or anything else but he said that he physically was unable to continue to move and that he he, he felt the cold breath of something on his back of his neck and he felt like he was incapacitated he went back to his vehicle. Once he was able to move again, he went back to his vehicle. He felt like something was following him. Um, he did hear whispering in the church earlier in, the, in that night, but that was all that had happened up to that point. He got. He walked back out to his vehicle. Once he got back out to his vehicle, he fell asleep because everybody seems to just fall asleep out there because it was just, I don't know, it was crazy. It's the only way to avoid the fear. I, yeah, I guess. But, I mean, he fell asleep and the vehicle shook. And he opened his eyes and something had its mouth wide open and was like leaning on his vehicle. Uh, looked like somebody whose face had been partly melted off. And at that point, he took off. You mean like the screen mask where like the jaws kind of like dislocated so it's a really big mouth? Uh, or what? I, I don't think it's anything like that. I think it was like a uh, the way he described it. What would you say he described it was like the flesh... Was falling off, yeah, like the flesh oh, like was, was falling, falling off, off and his jaw was, was just wide the jaw was the, dislocated. The, yeah, the jaw was just hanging down, and it was like pressed up against his window. And then he looked, and it was there. And then he looked again, and it was gone. So that that's what happened to him. And then you know he he said that it it terrified him, and he left. So we didn't finish the night. The last <laughs> three nights, nobody finished. I mean. So that's that story, you know, folks. And you can take it for what it is, but 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 here's the end of it. Uh, I'd, I'd say it was maybe two years later. It was probably a couple of years after that because I think Zane was already around by the time this happened. We were working at a, uh, at a middle school right there and down in, in the middle of Austin, whatever, off of 35. And we ran into this guy who was the superintendent there. He had, was on that job and he was doing, he was doing the construction for them or whatever. And I didn't know that he was, he had gone through some stuff. He had gone into rehab for being for having alcohol problems. He had gone through a really bitter divorce. He had lost a bunch of stuff. Um, he was homeless temporarily, and then he got back on his feet, and then he was doing construction work again. Uh, really, really cool dude. He was an Italian guy. Uh, really cool dude. And uh, he, he, we began talking the second or third night we were over to the middle school. Nothing happened there. But we, we, you know, I was there one night working and whatever, and we sat out there talking for a couple of hours, and you just BSing. The guy was pretty cool, you know, and he told us 
some some stories about stuff that had happened to him there, you know. He got locked in the church and he couldn't get out and one night and you know and he right before they got security and he was going to crawl out the back window and you know and uh said he was walking through the pews and it was like something tripped him and you know just a di- bunch of different weird stuff nothing different than anybody else had had he smelled this weird smell you know the door to the bathroom got stuck and then his son got trapped in there and and uh, his son was already like you know almost 30 years old he wasn't a kid or anything so all this weird stuff went on you know and eventually they couldn't complete the contract they had to they gave it up he couldn't get people to work there and as far as I know, they did eventually take tear down a bunch of that, and then they they redid it or something. I don't know the whole whatever was going on there. Oddly enough, you know, if, if I don't remember it being a historical landmark, I don't remember a historical landmark anywhere around. I there. didn't see a sign for it. No, I didn't either. Which was weird, as old as that that place was. Yeah. What we were told by him, and I I don't really I haven't really done a lot of research into it since then because I don't I, I honestly. I was trying to look into it one night, folks, and I actually had a nightmare um, about that place. And I told you, Scorp, about that, and Tony. And so I, I didn't really didn't don't didn't really have any interest in, in, in this. Kind of why I put this off for a while too, and talking about it because anytime I have had um, any lengthy conversations about it, I've ended up having nightmares about it, um, <clears throat> and that doesn't happen often. It's only with the Dogman thing, and so th- this ended up happening. You know that I ended up. Uh, running into him. And what he told me was what he found out about this place was that it was a leper colony. Yes. Lepers like leprosy. And now leprosy is very, was very common in Texas back in in the old days because believe it or not, armadillos carry leprosy. And so everybody in Texas, if you're, if you're a Texan, you're from here. Okay, folks, you know, not to play with them or mess with them because now People from other states, they're like, oh, they're cute. I've seen people go, like, from other states, go and, like, try to pick them up while they're running across the road and stuff. And I'm going, like, yeah, go ahead and play with that. You won't have any hands after you mess with it. And so, anyways, there was a leper colony that was that was established there by the Spanish. Now, the the it was mixed of natives. Uh, and the mission, the monks there, I guess, would take the natives in and try to nurse them or help them, whatever let them stay there and they spread leprosy. And so then some of the Spanish colonists, the Spaniard colonists along with the, the Indians uh, ended up being walled up in there, not, not in the church itself, but, but on the grounds, on the grounds there. And a hundred people, hundreds of people died there from leprosy. That's what I was told. And it is not a pretty, um, past like something that the state wants you to remember so no. <laughs> maybe that's why it's not a historical landmark because they're like yeah we don't we want people to talk you know remember this crap so yeah. I, I i don't know i'm not going to speculate and i don't want to get in trouble with the, the parks or department or state or whatever but this uh, just suffice it to say that it's not a proud uh part of texas history you know um that it was a leper colony run by the spaniards and it ended up you know being that people died there okay and so maybe that would give you a little insight into what was going on there. But, you know, I, I, I really don't know. I can't tell you 100 percent that that's what, what, what was there because it did seem like there was something demonic there. Now, there again, it's the chicken or the egg. Did a lot of blood and emotion saturate the environment that brought forth something demonic or was something demonic there and it fed on and, and then it caused them caused to be there? That. Yeah, who knows? 
but that that's the story of the church. And folks, I kept promising you that we were going to talk about that, and we did. And now I'm going to have nightmares because of you folks, because I tried to please you, and then you see what you do to my life. I'm going to sleep like a baby. Who would pay you, Scorp? Uh, who knows with me? I'll probably end up having a nightmare or two. Well, I'll be fine. That's what no, that Knowing me, though, I'll be lucky and not remembering. <laughs> the the important you thing though is that, that that Mushu will get sound sleep and you know yeah I'm gonna cuddle with Banjo and we'll be we'll be all right that's so awesome really that's awesome it. yeah we're, we're 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 glad for you so thanks folks uh, I was you know I I don't, I remember I vaguely remember this I think you probably told me when I was really young because this was like new pretty much to me listening to the first time I think I heard what what happened with Scorp and. Uh, but I, I don't remember what happened with you and some of the other guys. So it was my first like full time actually listening to the whole story. And yeah, we we've been talking about doing it for a while. Yeah. And and of course, you know, it's it's a story that that my brother knows very well, and uh, my wife has heard before. And you know, Scorpion, you've told your story. Actually, Ch- your stepdad Tony knows the story. Yeah. yeah. Um, we've 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 talked about this incident before. This is another one of those weird paranormal things that have happened. And um. You know, it's just, I don't know what to make of it. Was there a cemetery at the church? No. No. no so There wasn't a cemetery uh, there. I, you know, because w- what we guessed, and Scorp, we've we talked to, to, to Al about this, what we think happened was that they buried the bodies on the grounds. And, like, they burned them, you know, mm-hmm. maybe, like, when they died, and then they just buried them. Because according Probably to some in of the, the woods, the woods, yeah, I was yeah. thinking that, and then they why just they were showing that's up out there, showing from wandering the woods. around out there, and then why they looked like they were rotted, and then some of them looked like they were burned. Yeah, I mean, if there's any group of people that deserve to be resentful, I mean, come on, you get leprosy, then you get walled up into a. That's what a horrible way to die. Mm-hmm. Because you could see the walls were about three to four feet on the way on the outside of it, and it was crumbling, and then in places there was no wall, and and you could tell that at one point it was probably higher. Like, you know, I wish there was a way to go back in time to the Oh, seven- yeah, you could tell it was higher because the top of it was, like, jagged. Like, you could tell there was pieces mm-hmm. missing from it. And it was from, like, the 1600s when the Spaniards were there. Yeah. So this was, like, a long time ago, dude. I mean, I'm talking a long time ago. You know, and it was just, it was weird to me, you know, that, that there was no, like, anybody there trying to save it or say, hey, let's, you know. It was just, like, they were just kind of re- re- just, like... Not save it, but, like, save the history of it, if that is the case, the history that we were told. Well, it's so far out there. Maybe people didn't really know about it. Yeah, maybe they just didn't care, you know. And it's not like it's, like, right off the main highway either, you know. So, I tell you, that ride going back from there down the county road to go back onto the main highway is is a very scary ride. I can tell you that. And, and I've, Especially after what happened. I'm yeah, sure. when I was driving it, I thought, man... I didn't want to, I didn't stop. You know I mean? I had to use the bathroom on the way back into town. I didn't stop, man. I just kept going. I was just like, I don't care if something runs out. If a deer runs out in front of me, it's dead. I am going to splat this thing in my grill guard and keep going. I was going 90, dude. I wasn't going to stop to to get it. it Shoot, man. I was, I told you, Scorp, when I got back, me and Scorp, he's like, I told you. I was like, yeah. And I kind of made funny a little bit. But I was, I'm not going to. I was able to get you back for, when you got home. Well, I was scared. You know I mean? Like when I got. What happened? This, <laughs> when, 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 when it, going out there, I was already scared. I tried to put on a brave face for, for, for the other people and be like, hey, I'll, I'll do it. I'm the leader. I got to do this, you know. But uh, that was scary. I mean, I, I was already scared going out there and I was trying to put it out of my mind because I didn't want to like make myself see something. You know what I mean? And like, oh, you're jumping at every little noise. No, this was crazy what happened to me. And. You know, luckily it was only one night, 
and I, I never had to deal with it again. And, you know, we documented as best we could all the, the accounts that we were given, you know. Um, so that's that story, folks, and uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, um, one last thing, just a piece of advice. If you ever do, uh, unfortunately, encounter something, just remember to pick up your DS. It's not that hard, you know. I don't oh, know wow. why you would <laughs> dare to Game leave Game Boy Advance or whatever so it was. Important. But uh, yeah, I think it was, a Game, Boy Advance. it was a Game Boy Advance. It was a Game Boy Advance. Oh my gosh, mistakes were made that yeah. day. Huh? And going back to what, <laughs> what you game said, were you playing? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but going back to what you said about you were gonna go do it because you're the leader and you. That's one of the reasons why I've been friends with you for so long is because you never ask any of us to do something you're not willing to do yeah, for yourself. and I preach that. Yeah. yeah you, I, you, if this were like back in the early days, you would be the leader. You would lead from the front, not from the back. Yeah. Whenever well, there's a difference was, uh, between a leader and a boss. A boss leads from the back. A leader leads from the front. So Yeah. I don't like when people call me boss because I always just tell, you know, tell people, you know what, just call me by my name or my nickname, you know, or, or whatever. And- you know, my guys from the old days, you know, going into the job we have now, I will never tell you to do something I won't do myself. Yeah. And that's just the way it's always been. So I had to take my lumps out there too. And uh, I, I, I would say it would be a lot more scary for you guys. That didn't, you didn't have a vehicle. No. Oh, my gosh. I can't even imagine. And that. you were just stuck there. And, you know, and I had to get out there as quick as I could. Yeah, when I, mean, I was sitting out there, I kept looking at the door waiting for this thing to come out and attack me or looking at the woods to see if maybe a dog man would come out or whatever. <laughs> Well, I wasn't going to go sit inside the church with that thing again because I didn't know what it was going to do, where it was at. and Yeah. Well, folks, that's all we have for tonight. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the show. And uh, be sure and like and subscribe. Uh, tell all your friends, your parents, your kids, your, your family. Tell them all uh, to uh, stay away from haunted churches. Yeah, and if you want any <laughs> of the stuff that we mentioned in the beginning, like the email or the uh, the website, it's all in the links in the YouTube. So if you want, if you're on YouTube – and you want just quick access, you, know, you can just find it all there in the links in the description. So, yeah, we appreciate everyone listening. And uh, thanks to Squirt for coming on. Yeah, no problem. It was fun. Yep. And so for whatever uh, whatever planet you're stranded on, whatever planet you're trying to get to, whatever tree you're stuck up in because of a dog man. Whatever church. Whatever church you're being, uh, bo- uh, being chased terrorized out of. The, terrorize <laughs> that. Uh, good night.